0: Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Tuesday, December 31st, 2019. This is AG and today, my favorite fangirl interview ever with John Cryer, Ducky. Uh, He's from Two and a Half Men, Supergirl on the CW, and of course, Brat Pack movies like Pretty in Pink and Hiding Out where he played Maxwell Hauser. In this interview, we discuss the scope of the impeachment inquiry being narrowed to only include the Ukraine shakedown scheme, which is now extremely, extremely relevant since Nancy Pelosi has decided to hold those articles from the Senate until she gets a fair trial, or maybe even until we get the financials and Mueller information from the courts. So this interview is kind of prescient in that way. And it's from the episode called You Can't Fit the Mueller Report on a Bumper Sticker. It originally aired October 13th of this year. And please enjoy. Joining us today for the interview is activist and actor from Two and a Half Men, Supergirl on the CW, and my favorites, although probably not as relevant anymore, Hiding Out and Pretty in Pink, Mr. John Cryer. John, thanks for being on Muller She Wrote.
1: Oh, hey, I'm glad to be here.
0: I'm so glad you're here. Um, I've been following you on Twitter um, for a while now, and I'm, I'm, I was interested in getting your opinion on a couple of things today. Um First, you and I had chatted a bit before the interview about House Democrats limiting the scope of impeachment and putting all their eggs in the Ukraine basket, as you said. And we know Pelosi has said she wants to focus solely on the Ukraine issue, despite knowing that there are other calls hidden in that code word classified system, like with Putin and Mohammed bin Salman, and not to mention the entire Mueller investigation, emoluments violation, abuses of power, like when he... Uh, sort of pressured the postmaster general to double Bezos's shipping fees because he owns the Washington Post. And then, of course, tax and finance felonies. But I was wondering how you feel about keeping the focus really narrow and on Ukraine.
1: Uh, I, I've been of two minds. And I've actually been lucky enough to to have some communications with some uh, people in Congress a, uh, about this, uh, mostly because I just rant all the time on Twitter. <laughs> and, uh, I've been lucky enough to connect with some of them, but um, uh, I, I, I understand the the logic of keeping it uh, as simple as possible. Uh, clearly, you know, the Ukraine situation is 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 a fairly simple, uh, you know, egregious abuse of power as egregious abuses of power go. <laughs> uh, um, uh, although, by the way, it seems like more levels of it are unfolding as we speak uh you know uh, you know we've uh, seen parness and, Par- and, uh, and 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 uh, and uh, fruman uh arrested and Giuliani is now under investigation although it's not technically for the ukraine uh, situation at least it's not clear if it's that yet um so there appear to be this is this is a flower that's unfolding as we speak. <laughs> yeah. It is, it is. Um, so, uh, so I, I I have mixed feelings about it um, because you know it's it's gaining levels. Of, you know, if the idea was to keep it simple, uh, this appears to be gaining levels of complication uh, by the minute. Um, and I, I'm also, you know, a, a, a one of those people who's been raging since May of of 2017. That you know, just uh, the, asking James Comey to, uh, uh, you know, to let Michael Flynn go. That's, uh, that's an abuse of power. That is an impeachable offense. That is when he should have been impeached, frankly. Uh, <laughs> you know, after James Comey testified, uh, the impeachment should have begun then. Uh, so, uh, you know, I, 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 I understand why a lot of, um, uh, people in Congress have sort of lost heart to some degree in terms of the, the public being able to keep the thread, uh, you know, and, and the, the, the public being able to understand, uh, you know, all, all these things that are, that, the, that Trump seems to be doing. Um, but I, I've always felt that, you know, all those things have to matter, too. Uh, you know, the Mueller report is, the, you know, those uh, uh, there are five indictable. Uh, cases of obstruction of justice in there. You know, even one of them should have had him removed from office. Um, you know, uh, so uh, y- y- that can't not mean anything.
0: Yeah, no, I agree with you 100%. And, and, you know, we also have to remember, while half of this Ukraine scandal, that the, at least the part that Pelosi seems to be focusing on, is the, you know, the direct ask uh, or actually bribery to get Ukraine to investigate Joe Biden and Joe Biden's son, Uh, The other half of this is based on uh, trying to get them to get on the propaganda wagon of saying that the 2016 election was not hacked by Russia, but rather Ukraine with the help of the Democrats, that whole conspiracy theory funded by Fertosh. And so they're inextricably linked. And I'm of two minds, too. I'm with you on this because I feel like you... If you're going to make one of the articles of impeachment obstruction of Congress with all the stonewalling in the Ukraine situation, how can you leave out those at least five purely obvious criminal obstruction of justice felonies that were uh, uncovered by Mueller? It seems hard and if not impossible to separate, but maybe maybe they make the articles of impeachment more complex, but keep the public message simple. I'm, I'm not sure.
1: Yeah, I, I, I it's I, I as I said, I get the conundrum that that people in Congress are facing because, you know, obviously the, the Mueller report came out and it was damning. But because Bill Barr said what he said, it, you know, the, the impact of it was dampened greatly. Uh, uh, and I really thought at the time that that would totally, uh, you know, uh, bite him in the ass that that now it would look like a cover up and people would just rise up in in, in rage. Right, right away, and that did not occur. (laughs) Um, So I can see why Congress people are are unsure what will resonate with the public. Um, And, and and interestingly, in talking with them, there's still a fair amount of confusion amongst them uh, as well. And and this doesn't, you know, uh, provoke a lot of confidence. But uh, uh, they don't know exactly how to handle it at at this point. It's such a blizzard of wrongdoing that nobody knows exactly what to do. And you know, if you go back in history. Obviously, the you know, you read the articles of impeachment that were against Andrew Johnson and there's I mean, there's everything in the kitchen sink in there. You know, I don't know how they possibly limited the the, the debate on that. I don't know how they, they handled it because there's a, there's a lot.
0: Yeah, and they might have had um, different attention spans at that point uh, in our history as well. Yes, <laughs> huh. perhaps. Um, and and that's not you know saying that it's worse or better now. It's just that we are inundated with so much data on an hourly basis that you know that's just kind of how we operate. And you know, I think the blizzard of wrongdoing could be by design for that very reason. But my argument for impeachment was always that it's it's Congress's duty. But if you don't impeach him for this, what who's impeachable? Yeah. And uh, you know, as a vet, veteran who who signed up and didn't have bone spurs and fought for the Constitution. um, That was my whole argument was that, you know, this is your constitutional duty. And I'm wondering if it undermines that constitutional duty or slipsides it in some way by not putting everything he's impeachable for in those articles. But I can also see, like you said, the benefits of not doing that.
1: Yeah, this is such an unprecedented um, uh, situation, at least at least in the modern era. I don't know if the you know the teapot dome situation. I don't know if that freaked everybody out the same amount, (laughs) but um, but yeah, you know it's testing the institutions, and and so far they don't know how to handle it. I mean, you know what we've got is basically a wannabe mobster in the White House who's uh, you know who's who's testing this every possible way, Uh, and and so far you know we our our system wasn't built for that.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. We, I think we have to uh, attack the autocracy now because the next fascist might not be this stupid.
1: Yes. Oh, my gosh. Thank goodness he's so dumb <laughs> and, you know, and contradicts himself. And, you know, you know, when, when you talk with supporters of his, most of them are still supporters because they're not paying attention. They're sort of ignoring, uh, <laughs> you know, they find ways to be in denial of, of huge amounts of, of information. Um, but, you know, but as, but you're right. I mean, somebody is going to do this and realize that, you know, you know, by by I mean, just that the Bill Barr has has revealed to us that, you know, having a, uh, a a a a an attorney general who's willing to completely mislead the public um, and and is willing to abet, uh, you know, your you know, your, your more ridiculous activities. Um, you know, I, I, I didn't realize that, uh, you know, I, I can't say that before this, I realized that having somebody in that position was so powerful.
0: Yeah, no, that's, that's real. And, uh, you know, in fact, a lot of people uh, go after Mueller for, for, you know, missing the boat. But I think that his missing the boat had a lot to do with Rod Rosenstein forming his narrow, narrow lane and saying he'll land the plane. And then also Bill Barr's release uh, of of his findings, which I think are uh, thorough and incredible and no different from these Ukraine findings. I mean, they're basically the same. It's just a different country. Mm hmm. And, uh, you know, along those lines, there have been benefits that we've seen from the narrowing of the scope of the Ukraine impeachment scandal or the impeachment inquiry that's going on here. Not that impeachment is a scandal, but Ukraine definitely is, Um, especially for the press and the public, for, so for example, in a one-on-one interview with Secretary of State Mike Pompeo after his appearance at some religious freedom bullshit conference, uh, Nashville, <laughs> there was a Nashville reporter. Our tax dollars pay for that shit. That drives me nuts. Uh, oh, and
1: and that any that anybody in this government talks about religious freedom and yet uh, stands behind the Muslim ban. Yeah. Uh, yes, and I know they changed it to No, no, it's just countries now <laughs> that just happen to mostly be uh, majority Muslim countries. Yeah, whatever. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's, a, it's a Muslim ban. It's what he called it the whole time. And the, and you don't get to to claim you're in you're in favor of religious freedom uh, when you do that.
0: And we'll get to religious freedom in a minute with the, with the attorney general wrapped up in that. But the, the, anyway, this Nashville reporter talking about the benefits of the narrow scope, this Nashville reporter, local reporter, uh, NBC affiliate Nancy Ammons was able to ask very pointed questions in that one on one of Pompeo that he was just unable to answer. And I think that that's one of the goals of impeachment is is not obviously not just the congressional Article one powers and duty to impeach, but to garner public support and and, you know, I think maybe keeping the focus narrow here helped simplify that message to the public. He was unable to answer her very pointed questions. And I think she was able to have those very pointed questions because this issue is just so simple. Uh, Do you support a president asking for foreign help in a U.S. election? It just it's very a simple question. And Republicans on the Hill can't even answer it at this point.
1: Yeah. I mean, there was the Mike Pence interview that had that. There was the Mike Pompeo interview uh, as well. Uh, and what, you know, it, it is frustrating. I, I, yeah, obviously, people in politics fall back on talking points. They do it, you know, that, that is, it's a rhetorical trick that they do. You know, you, it, you just ignore the question and say the thing you want to say. You know, that's, that is, you know, it, and it's incredibly frustrating. But thankfully, that reporter, uh, at least with Mike Pompeo, just kept hammering uh, <laughs> until it was just so painfully obvious that he was refusing to say that uh, that he met with uh, with Giuliani while he was in Warsaw. And by the way, when they do this, that just means yes, by the way, <laughs> that, that is Mike yeah. Pompeo yeah. admitting that he uh, that he, in fact, did meet with uh, with Rudy Giuliani in Warsaw for, you know, uh, for no reason that he can actually justify uh, in front of the American people. Uh, you know, it, it's it, it, I, I'm but yes, I, I agree that that posing that part of impeachment is forcing these people to be confronted that way. Um, I'm I am worried about the Senate because you've got just these crazy Lindsey Graham blowhards that will have a diva moment you know uh, uh, I mean during the Kavanaugh hearings I I you know Lindsey Graham I I, I joked afterwards that Lindsey Graham was going to be playing uh, Effie in Dream girls at a local community theater after this. Uh, because, uh, it was such a spectacular diva moment from him. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, he, but, so I do worry that, that unfortunately public hearings are, are not the, the, the necessarily going to work because of the way that the Republicans often handle them.
0: Hey, this is AG and this is the Daily Beans. And I hope you're enjoying my interview with John Cryer. We'll be right back with more in just a second. So stay with us. This episode of The Daily Beans is brought to you by Warby Parker. Warby Parker is a new concept in eyewear founded with the goal to create boutique quality glasses at revolutionary price points. By circumventing traditional channels, cutting out the middleman, engaging directly with you, the consumer, through their website and retail stores, Warby Parker is able to provide high quality, great looking prescription eyewear at a fraction of the price. Glasses start at just $95, including prescription lenses, and every pair is custom fit, plus you get anti-glare and anti-scratch coatings. If you need help finding the right pair, just answer a a few quick questions with their online quiz and they'll suggest some great looking glasses personalized to fit your face and style. With their free home try-on program, famous home try-on program, you can order five different pairs of frames, try them on for five days with no obligation to buy. They ship free, and they include a prepaid return shipping label, so it's super easy. Head to warbyparker.com slash dailybeans to take the quiz and order your free home try-on. Download their app, where you can use their brand new virtual try-on. Uh, it's this situation that allows you to see how the frames look on your face using just your phone. Uh, I get all my glasses from Warby Parker. I love the way the frames look. They're super high quality. The whole process is fast and easy. And I love supporting Warby Parker because they partner with nonprofits like like VisionSpring to ensure that for every pair of glasses sold, a pair is distributed to someone in need. And if you need contacts, you can try Scout from Warby Parker. Comfortable, breathable, and affordable daily contact lenses made from super moist material that resists drying for lasting hydration and comfort. Wear Scout by Warby Parker contact lenses for less than $1.25 a day. Order a trial. Pack that includes six days worth of contacts for only five dollars, and then receive five dollars off your next Warby Parker order. Learn more at warbyparker.com slash dailybeans, order the free home try-on program, or request a trial of scout contact lenses for just five dollars. Visit warbyparker.com slash dailybeans to learn more. You'll be glad you did. And now back to my interview with John Cryer. Yeah, and that's another downside to limiting this to the to uh to Ukraine, because folks like Lindsey Graham uh might be swayed in the Senate if there's a call, which I'm sure there is between Trump and Erdogan or Trump and Putin or both in that code word classified system about the withdrawal of Syrian troops. And I think that that could motivate Republicans more than, you know, asking for foreign assistance since half of them took donations from Russia in the last election anyway.
1: Mm hmm. Yeah. You know, again, it's a uh, uh, uh but, but what i what I do think is sinking in with the public and and the polls do seem to reflect this right now is just a general sense of these guys are uh, are incompetent and up to some crazy bullshit. you know, I, I think that general feeling is uh, uh is, you know, I mean, obviously the majority of Americans didn't vote for Donald Trump. They didn't want him as president., uh, you know, and now I think that's sort of metastasizing into a a, you know that that there are actual polls saying that 51 percent of people favor impeachment and removal um is that's unprecedented as far as I know um you know and I so I and I do think the Ukraine uh, is the the investigations into the Ukraine uh, situation are are finding more layers of corruption that are resonating with people you know if, if if it turns out you know it appears Giuliani was working on behalf of these uh you know of uh, Parnas and fruman, uh, as well with the liquid natural gas. By the by the way, I, I'm still I still don't understand that, and perhaps you can explain it to me. Uh, <laughs> and I'm a guy who follows this stuff. Um, but uh, so the idea was that they were trying to get rid of the ambassador because they were trying to get rid of the president of a liquid natural gas company in the Ukraine. Is that what was happening?
0: Yeah, Rick Perry and uh, Igor and Lev and Giuliani were trying to put friendly board members on this gas company in ukraine and this is not the gas company that uh, biden worked for by the way just a different one
1: no not burisma
0: no yeah but that they did that so that they could control um the, you know the gas probably pipeline you know in you know with the you know russia and and all that because we you know as we know mm-hmm. they're trying to get a peace deal between putin and uh, zelensky in ukraine and russia so that they can lift the sanctions there, and a pipeline deal. If they had enough people pushing for this pipeline deal, they could get a ceasefire. And when that peace happens, then they would have the res- the resources they need, or at least the the public support in those countries they would need, or in the EU to lift the sanctions that we placed on Russia for annexing Crimea. That's my guess. I'm I'm speculating. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah.
1: Okay. Plus, it, it you know, yeah, yeah, basically. All, all, all of the the oil and gas uh, companies end up being basically oligarchy, uh, uh, you know, facilitating the oligarchy. You know, the, the uh, um, and I, I think the bigger thing for Americans that they that people don't seem to get yet is that basically Trump and and unfortunately, many of the Republicans are hoping to turn America into a Russia style kleptocracy. Uh, at this point, I mean, that's that is what I figure is the big sort of long range goal here. Uh, uh, you know, and I know that sounds sort of apocalyptic, but it's the only thing that makes sense at this point.
0: Yeah, I know that in the nuclear Middle East Marshall Plan, Saudi Arabia reactor stuff. But, you I, you know, if I were you, I'd check out Blowout, the new uh, book by Rachel Maddow. She explains it all really well in there with the with the klepto- kleptocracy, oligarchy, all the oil uh, and how Russia is using that around the globe to try to further their political interests. But I'm 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 still a little torn on this after speaking to you. I don't want to going back to the Ukraine thing. I don't want to make the same mistake we made with Mueller
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, on the Ukraine thing, because, you know, you can't fit the Mueller report on a bumper sticker, mm-hmm. uh, although we were going to we were going to put that whole last paragraph really tiny on a bumper sticker <laughs> so that, so that, <laughs> just to sort of make that point. Um, but. Uh, I did I did want to speak to you also a little bit about speaking of uh, the Attorney General Barr and religious freedoms. Uh, I know that you were tweeting about this recently, uh, and your Twitter is at Mr. John Cryer. Uh, he spoke at Notre Dame blaming violence, drug addiction, depression, mental health issues on the new secular age. And I was wondering what your thoughts are on that crazy fucking bullshit that happened in that <laughs> in that speech.
1: Well, of course, that's, there's nothing new about that, um, but it does go to... What a lot of the the uh, a lot of the the tribalism that surrounds Trump is Christian tribalism. Uh, uh, Christians in America feel under attack, uh, uh, and they feel mostly it's pop culture, uh, you know. And, and but that's because the pop culture has you know has always turned a bit of a jaundiced eye towards religion, and you know because Christianity has been the major religion in the United States. Uh, you know, there's always been a a uh, a as i said a jaundiced eye turn toward religion uh, you know especially artists generally uh, uh you know feel like it's their job to rebel from that so yeah pop culture has a generally anti-religious bent you know um uh you know it, he obviously blaming all that stuff on it is uh uh hilarious uh, in many respects um but you know they're they're you know it's basically Religion, the you know, as uh, who that had once been referred to as the opiate of the masses, versus the actual opiate of the masses, which is now like meth and 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 uh, uh, and such. You know, it it is a uh, you know, as I said in my tweets, I you know, it's fine for him to feel this way. I don't know why he's giving that talk to lawyers. (laughs) Um, You know, it you know, I, I I guess when he's he's trying to talk about moral systems and the idea being that somehow uh, having an ethics and moral system that is divorced from religion is the end of mankind although it sure works for me but whatever uh <laughs> you know i the bottom line i i don't know if that's the driving force between why he's so corrupt and awful and uh, you know why he feels he's justified in doing the horrible things that he does um uh, you know plenty of plenty of bad guys have uh, have justified doing awful things because they they wanted what they thought was uh, was a better thing. and that seems to be how he's he's operating.
0: yeah, I think you're right. I think if we you know in the same way that we can frame Trump's behavior in him wanting to be an oligarch uh, and that thereby explaining why he does what he does, I think if we because the the oligarch, Tag or gold didn't really fit with bar, but I think if you give him the you know the theocracy tag, then it kind of explains uh, his willingness to be corrupt in order to further. Uh, his feelings on on theocracy and that they and that they would sit around and talk about Sharia law in the way that they do uh being you know instituted by uh, Barack Obama in the United States, but then turn around and make these sorts of speeches to lawyers at Notre Dame just it absolutely blows my mind
1: yeah yeah no the 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 hypocrisy runs deep with these folks i uh, you know and and pompeo you know also uh you know known for Uh, uh, bringing up his religious beliefs, uh, you know, uh, often in terms of what he what he does as secretary of state. Um, uh, You know, again, I I understand, uh, you know, uh, there's plenty of people in my life who are sincerely religious and and uh, I love what it does for them. And, you know, the happiness that it brings to their life. I don't I'm not against religion. I don't want it imposed on me. I'm not a religious person personally, Uh, uh, you know, and I certainly don't want it uh, imposed on my. Uh, on my nation and the, the, you know, and on the foreign policy of my nation. Uh, you know, it's, it, uh, I don't, I don't think that helps, but, um, but yeah, there is an odd strain of it. And it, and it's fascinating to me. I mean, I, I, I once put on, on, on uh, Twitter, my, my grand unified theory of Trump, which is that he, you know, he aspires to be a Putin style oligarch, um, you know, that hence, you know, he, he, the, the, the whole Trump, Moscow deal was just a, uh, an effort on his part to play with the big, go- big boys, you know, and get into that crew, uh, of, of uh, of, of Putin's, um, you know, I, I think he's had, uh, many dealings with, uh, Russian organized crime over the years as a developer in New York city. Uh, you know, New York city obviously has been dealing with that for, for, uh, decades now. Uh, you know, Russian organized crime has largely supplanted Italian, uh, the old Italian organized crime uh, in New York City. Uh, and, you know, he's obviously, you know, to be uh, in the construction business in New York, you're going to, you're going to have connections to that. And to what degree, uh, you know, he and in, Trump invited it, I, I don't know. You know, it's I think a lot of that's becoming clearer as we uh you know as as uh you know more and more people speak up
0: yeah agreed and i think in the case of all of these guys uh if it, it just boils down to fragile ego and narcissism in the end so mm-hmm. um whether whether you take the theocracy route or the oligarchy or you know autocracy route i think i think that's the stem i think that's the root of it but yeah um everyone john john crier um Catch him as Lex Luthor in Supergirl <laughs> and the film Big Time Adolescence dropping in 2020. I can't thank you enough for joining us today. You were literally one of my favorite people. And I want to thank you for using your voice for good. And I cut you off with your credits. What were you about to say right there? Oh,
1: no, I, I just thought it, I thought that was a great segue. It was like, you know, we're talking about oligarchy and all this stuff. And then we go. And by the way, Lex Luthor on Supergirl. Uh,
0: <laughs> well, I, mean, it, if I think it's relevant. About that
1: shit, it would be Lex <laughs> Luthor, I suppose. Uh, <laughs> but mostly, you know, it's funny because, you know, we, we toss about, we, 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 toss these terms around oligarchy and autocracy and all that stuff. And I, and I feel badly because I, I do feel like that, you know, I, I feel like sometimes that alienates people and, you know, we're, we're, we're trying, you know, I feel like, uh, are we trying to be smarty pants talking about, uh, you know, super serious stuff. And, but, you know, all this stuff does boil down to a basic level of corruption that Americans should not have in their lives. You know, if you visit countries like uh, uh, like Russia, uh, you know, countries that have been dealing with autocratic dictators that have corrupted their societies for a long time, there is a cynicism that just soaks into the society that is so awful and sad. And one of the nice things about America is we still have a certain amount of earnestness. You know, we still care. We have a certain amount of hope. And if we lost that, I think it would be tragic. I think it would be a terrible, terrible tragedy. And that's, i that is what I think is, you know, I think it's healthy to have a certain amount of cynicism about politics. You know, it's, it's grubby and it's all, and, and it's tainted by money. Absolutely. Um, but we should have some hope that we can do better than this. And I believe we can, I believe we will. I believe Donald Trump will be the first U S president who is impeached and removed from office. Uh, I am grateful that, that people like you are fighting the good fight and, and, these making these podcasts that are letting people know there is community and that we all are, we're all understanding what's happening here. Uh, and I'm grateful that, uh, that I can, uh, speak with people like you and, and get out on social media and talk with people as well. So thank you for the time. I really appreciate it.
0: Oh, absolutely, no worries. And yeah, I think the uh, I think the Lex Luthor thing. I remember we had talked about. Remember when uh, Trump wanted to buy Greenland? I I swear to God that was a, a Lex Luthor plot to to <laughs> you know when the when the ice caps melted, he would build tropical golf courses there. I swear to God, it was a Lex <laughs> Luthor plot. So I feel you on that. And thank you again for the kind words. I really do appreciate it. And thanks for thanks for coming on, Muller She wrote such a pleasure.